-hmm. the divorce rate is around 80%. And that does not necessarily mean that the 20% that, that are divorced are rocking and rolling, you know, roughly 15% of the population has a disability. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Roughly 80% of that 15% is unchurched. Um, and only around 14% of churches in America have any form, and that's a broad statement, any form, any form of special needs ministry. So as a pastor, I know that as a church, we always talk about, pray about, and think about, strategize about, you know, how who are these unreached people groups and how to go about reaching them? Well, there's a big unreached people group in your backyard. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting on Purpose, your podcast for parenting tips and enjoying the journey, where we listen to what you guys ask for and we go and find out incredible speakers to come and share their story. Uh, So today I have uh, Tab and Candace Howell coming to us from the great state of Texas. (laughs) How are you guys doing today? We're good. Awesome. Do you have a Texas shirt on you're representing? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. Uh, we both have some SEC affiliations. So before the call, there was some very heated words, but uh, we brought it all to an amicable state. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but really excited because um, Tab and Candace are special needs parents and they have designed a nonprofit and a whole ministry around their journey and serving on and loving parents just like them. So I'm really excited for them to share their story with us today. I think we'll learn a lot of valuable information. So thank you both so much for being on the call. Well, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to share, like I said, your story with our parents and just see who it moves. I'm so motivated by who I've met on this podcast and the amount of credible parents that are out there in the world. And for like, you know, the mere mortals like me, it just really helps to motivate me to like show up better in my own life. So I appreciate you guys uh, sharing your story. So why don't you start us off with um, I like to ask a fun question. Like, how do you guys show up in your life? Like, what is something that you guys do so that you can show up as purposeful parents? Let's start there. Wow. Okay. You want me to go? I'll start. And then my wife can uh, clean up my mess. Um, <laughs> so what do we do to show up in our home? Um, I, I would say for me personally, uh, something I do now, and I learned this through failure, is uh, be very intentional to make connections with my wife and my two boys. You know, Noah is our son who's autistic and he is 17. How do I make a connection as his dad today? Uh, which it would be different than how I can work towards to connect with my son Titus, who's 15. And obviously with Candace, my wife, that would be different. But I, I want to be intentional and not take that for granted how to kind of just to be there, be where my feet are. And, um, you know, I, I, can I tell a quick story of just maybe illustrates this a little bit. So I learned that it's very important, uh, in your relationships to try to live in that other person's world to have a better understanding. So this goes back a few years ago. Noah used to love taking, spoons or forks and just hitting the table with them, hitting the wall, just hearing the vibration, the noise is banging. Right. And I used to get on to it. Right. And those kind of, and then it just kind of hit me that, you know what, the next time he does that, I'm going to pick up a spoon and I'm going to do it with you. 
And so he did it and I picked up a spoon or whatever and I started banging the wall or whatever he was doing. And he kind of paused and he kind of looked at me and, but then we kind of did our own little thing just for a moment. It didn't last long and he didn't do it long anyway. And then he kind of went on and did his own thing. But one thing I noticed is, and Noah is not just autistic, he is severe on the spectrum and uh, he's very limited in verbiage and these kind of things is his mother is his best friend. And so he was always naturally connected with kids. And, but I noticed when I started even doing something silly, like picking up a spoon and hitting the wall with him um, is that on his own later on, he, I was sitting on the couch. He came and sat on the couch with me and he kind of engaged me. Right. And so that's, that's not a natural thing for me and him to something like that just to happen. Um, so to me, that's just a little example of how I tried to connect. And, and I try to connect with my son, my other son, Titus. Um, you know, I, I try to find the ways to make him feel. When you live in a special needs family, I, I, your audience is, is probably mostly people that are not special needs parents, but maybe there's a few are. When you, when you are a special needs family, and let's say you have more than one child and, and only one special needs, it's like all hands on deck on a normal yep. day. And so it's natural or it's natural in my house to uh, Titus and all of us do what has to be done just to keep the ball moving, right? And keep safety and all these kind of things. So Titus has been helping us with Noah since he was like five years old. And right. people think I, I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. Uh, but, and I learned this through failure as well. Uh, I have to be very intentional and Candace has to be very intentional about letting Titus know the greatest value he brings to our home is not another set of hands, but it's the reflecting the image of God that he was created in into our family that God gave him to. And if I don't do, if I'm not intentional about that, it will not happen because wow. we're so either busy or emotionally drained or whatever the case may be. So I want to hear Candace's answer, but this sure. is why we do this podcast because you could look at my family and say, there's no, there's no similarity. There's no relating. Well, I have a 15 year old that was brought into my life through adoption. And she was the most incredible thing that happened to me. And I have a three-year-old and I'll tell you what, I have a toddler, special needs are not toddlers are very active and they're all hands on deck. So I feel the same way tab again, it's about Shekinah. I want to make sure that she has the uh, ability to embrace where she's at and enjoy her teenage formidable years, right? And it doesn't just feel like she's a babysitter. So this is why these to me are so beautiful because we have so many more bridges than we do. What's the analogy? Like more bridges than canals, like more things that connect us than separate us. And I think that just by extending that arm and sharing that story, it really helps like a tip that you guys might have a seemingly unrelated parent might get glean something very useful out of it. So Candace, same question to you. Um, I mean, I think more, I guess, just building upon that concept is the in intentionality part, because um, whether it's through special needs or any circumstance that families find themselves in, um, there are times of crises and you, you can find yourself in survival mode, right? And making concessions just to make it mm -hmm. that you don't realize the long-term effects until, you know, down the road. And for, you know, I've worked with, talked with, spoken with a lot of special needs parents, of course, and um, they find themselves in that boat 
a lot, you know, making uh, concessions and decisions in the survival mode and not realizing that they've missed out, for instance, on connections with their other children, on connections with their spouse, um, because whatever the crisis is, is taking all the intention, or maybe this particular child that has significant needs is taking a lot of intention a lot of attention and then other areas of your life are getting neglected that need, um, that need attention like yep. your other children, like your spouse and like yourself, <laughs> like you're in yourself. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, here that you, and that was, those are hard for us to realize because our son Noah required so much attention, um, for a long, amount of time, we didn't realize how isolated we had become, Um, you know, even though we're obviously going to work, going to school, going to church, we were doing those things, but we were still very much an island because he took a lot. um, And because Noah had natural inclinations and a very natural relationship with me, then I was dealing with him most. And then that meant that Tao was dealing with Titus most. And then there was disconnection there um, on both our ends. And so it wasn't until the Lord called us to a whole nother state and we moved and really stirred up our lives. Right. Um, that we realized kind of like (laughs) several things. I mean, and that was that our relationships weren't healthy. We weren't healthy. We, We weren't taking care of ourselves. Um, you know, and like big changes do, you know, you're reevaluating and you realize a lot of things that just because we were just trying to survive, we'd, missed a lot of things. And so that it does take a really conscious effort to be intentional um, in all of those things. (laughs) I think every parent can relate to that in some level, like whether it's work or your own personal endeavors. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of our, hi, I know. That's that's Noah in the background. He said hello. Awesome. No, what's up? That's so cool. I, I think whether like it's going off to your own personal endeavors and still wanting to be present, that's something that we all have to face as parents. And really, I'll share a little bit of my heart. The reason I started this podcast um, is because my daughter came to me and she wanted to make a, a brand to serve families um, with healthier food for kids. And I come from a business space and I really wanted to understand who we would be serving. And as I started to interview people, um, I learned that there are so many tools that we as parents um, could use to really um, help help our presence and help us show up impactfully in our children's lives. So that's kind of that's how this started. And it's what you just said, Candice, is exactly why we do this. Like we all go through these things where we're we're still growing just because we have children doesn't mean we're done growing as people. It doesn't mean, you know, the Lord's done with us. Like we still have to go through a refining period and having to do that and integrate leading a family at the same time is challenging. But I do believe out of every challenge, you can, you know, birth this beautiful version of yourself if you're present and it doesn't mean you're perfect. Cause I, I think perfect is, um, not only a fallacy, but a disservice to our children because the world isn't perfect. And if we're made in the Lord's image, then perfection is not what we should be striving for, but like presence and love, right? Hi. <laughs> oh. All good. Yeah, it's, no worries. If you have to pause, it's all good. No, my other son wanted something. <laughs> okay. Hi, Titus. Great names, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Hey, I was going to say something. Um, so you're talking about your toddler and your 15-year-old, and it, it relates to our situation. 
So when, um, for an example, when Titus comes to me and says, I need a break, mm -hmm. I understand. And we figure that out. We find a church camp, a wrestling camp. We find somehow, some way to do that. And uh, another thing that I have learned is very uncomfortable, but it's healthy. And it's, it helps with growth uh, as a person and also in our relationship. Um, X amount of times a year, I'll sit him down and say, okay, uh, T, how am I doing as a dad? Love that. And long as he's respectful, he can say whatever he wants to. And uh, He can and tell the, you that you're backing the wrong football team and you'd be okay with that. No, no, no. Well, I raised him better than that. <laughs> By the way, just so you know, my son, Noah, who's limited verbiage, I had a Georgia flag in front of my house and he would say Georgia. That's awesome. That's an example of good parenting. Right <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would just uh, do the uncomfortable, let them speak into that, right? And some of it will be self-centered, answered, and immature, and you know, and even things we can't make changes about because he didn't understand why we do what we do. You explain it, and you know, they'll give him, a, and then some. You make adjustments what you can, and that's another way of giving them value. A hundred percent. You're letting them, you're letting them um, express where they are. And that means that you're seeing them where they are. And then that's a form of respect. That's a love language in itself. And you guys both highlighted this, but I love that it's like, you don't have to have it figured out. Like there's a, a, a playbook, but it just goes to, you know, it just goes to the birds. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work. Like you just show up every day and whatever is required then that's where you are. Right. Like, I think sometimes we think if we don't have this whole plan, um, in place and then we can't execute it according to like our spreadsheet. That's, that's not life. Right. I, I don't like spreadsheets anyway. So for me, I like that collateral beauty, but I know some people are super analytical. So I like that you highlighted that. That's awesome. So great answers. Thank you guys. I like um, spreadsheets. It's good. We need people like you. I like to paint. It's all good. <laughs> um, so perfect. So why don't you guys walk us through um, a little bit of the beginnings of Noah's ministry and your goals with that um, service? I know you said there's like two basic goals, and I'd love to hear whatever's on your heart as you tell that story. Maybe some of the families impacted, maybe some of the lessons you guys learned along the way, how your life and your relationships changed as you started to do that. Because I do believe we were, we are all activated as humans to do something, or as you said, you call, the Lord called you to do something, and it's meant to shape who we become. It's not like we have to become that person, and then we can start impacting people. It happens all at once. Um, and I think that right there, to me, is parenting, 100%. You're imperfect, and now you have someone to help show up for so you can become better. I, I just think that's marriage and parenting right there. <laughs> so I'd love to hear a little bit from you guys uh, on how that journey, how that journey went. Yes, okay, so kind of the heart of Noah's ministry is we want to help special needs individuals and their families flourish through the love of Christ, to be everything that Christ has called them to be awesome. and help them to understand that and to communicate that message to them. So when it comes to the special needs family, we want to step in with permission and help the daily functionality of the home. What can we do, practical things we can do to help lower the stress level in the home? Because just throw out a few numbers, right? Um, roughly 15% of the population has a disability. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, 
roughly 80% of that 15% is unchurched. Um, and only around 14% of churches in America have any form, and that's a broad statement, any form, any form of special needs ministry. So as a pastor, I know that as a church, we always talk about, pray about, and think about, strategize about, you know, how who are these unreached people groups and how to go about reaching them? Well, there's a big unreached people group in your backyard who are unchurched and uh, who are stressed out and fair and are not fair. And in some cases, fair, some cases, not fair, uh, have a not so positive outlook when it comes to the local church. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be like a farm system and help kind of help them to understand that God's called for the church and help the church understand, yes, these families need you. They need families like mine. And I can get, I can explain why they would need family like mine, but also that uh, we need the church, and we're no different than any other people group. God created the church for all. John three sixteen is pretty clear: who Jesus died for, who His heart's for, and that's all mankind. He said, "For God so loved the world." Well, I'm I'm part of that world, and my little boy is part of that world, and so is everybody else. And so we want to. Uh, help the local, excuse me, we want to help the family and say, what can we do to kind of help the stress level? Like put in cameras, put on locks on doors. Uh, Matter of fact, if you go on our website at noahsministry.com, there's some videos on there. One's on there of a mom who has a little special needs guy. uh, I think it was five at the time when we went and helped them at their house. And one of the things we did for them was, he kept dropping his little toys into the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. So we built a portable wooden uh, fence to go around the air conditioning where he couldn't have access to it anymore, but they could move it if they um, you know, needed to work on it, which gave the mom a little more flexibility. They can go out in the yard because it was fenced in and she didn't have to be on top of them so much. And it gave her time to do dishes or whatever, and they could be outside safe and not tearing up the air conditioning. And he was also putting holes in sheet rocks. So we patched those. And matter of fact, he had a camera in his bedroom, but it had a uh, what did it have? A red recording light, and it scared him. Oh yeah. And he had a hard time sleeping. So we found a camera that didn't have recording lights, and it was just little practical things, but helped the stress level because uh, the because of the divorce rate uh, in the special needs home. And uh, we want to step in. And say we can, I can't hear you. Can you talk about that a little bit? What is the divorce rate in a special needs home? So for this, uh, you know, for the severely special needs family, the, those like that has a child that is low functioning, mm-hmm. the divorce rate is around 80%. Wow. And that does not necessarily mean that the 20% that, that aren't divorced are rocking and rolling, you know? Yeah. And, and because, you know, like a lot of things, difficult trials you go through or your loved one goes through is a season, right? You know, hey, I'm dealing with this season with this or that. In our home, it's not a season. It's just Tuesday, you know, and we just got to keep the ball moving. And so imagine what that does to just your energy, uh, to your level of hope, you know, finances. And and then you compound that with you get further down the road and realize, hey, I've been neglecting my other kids and it's all snowballs, you know. So what – so we come alongside and we kind of do a mentor, just kind of walk through life with them and, and share things. One of the things we do is research, you know, because could they do their own research? Of course they could. 
But do they have the time or the energy to do that? No. So we just step in and say, you know, um, what can we do to help to give you a little hope? Um, now, we're, we're, we're a ministry. And so we ultimately, the tip of the spear for us is to step in and connect with your heart to let you know that God has a plan. We want to live out that plan and love on you and help you out that ultimately you may allow us to explain to you why we do what we do. How can our family, you see our family dynamics, and how can we have hope and believe in, in a God after what we deal with mm-hmm. and uh, and share the gospel with them, with those who allow us to. That is the tip of the spear for our ministry. Um, and those who are there, we share it with that story with them. Those who aren't there, we love them till they are there, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense, yeah. I think Candy yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I want, want. I have a few questions, and then I want to. I want to move on to the the church component. So, I think Candace said it perfectly a few minutes ago. Where when you're in like scramble crisis mode, it's like you can't. Well, I, the analogy I always mess this up, but it's like you can't see the forest through the trees, right? And sometimes it's so much easier. Which I think is why community is so important. Church community, sports community, any community. But when you have community, you can help others see what's, you know, clearly there, but they can't see because they're in the middle of that. Um, so you help families love them where they're at to determine what those practical things could be to help them get from a place of crisis to have a little bit more space around the situation so they can count their blessings, so they can see what the beauty that's still around them. Um, I think that's awesome. And I just want to commend you both for being open-hearted and present to this journey. Um, and I'd like to ask you a, qu- a question. I'm going to preface my question by saying I, I want this to come across earnest and heartfelt. And if it comes across, I, I haven't planned this. I'm just asking. So please uh, see my heart through it. But this is perceivably a very challenging thing that a lot of people from the outside view, right? Like, I, I'll just be honest. I know friends who are afraid of having children later in life because like, they'll literally say, well, I'm at higher risk to have a special needs kid. So I don't want to have a second kid. So there is like such a stigma in our culture around this, but I love that you guys have the faith component because you are, like you said, we're obviously all brought on this earth for a reason. And there's obviously something we're called to do. So I, I hope I can ask this, like, I hope this comes out as a question. What have you through this journey learned about, you know, and I, I know in church, right? Because church is a, like, I know you get people who are unchurched and they have this perception of like, maybe I, I'm disassociated from God. This is triggering, but I, I want to know. Like, I'm disassociated from God because I have this situation. And like, how do you help them realize that this beautiful child in front of them, while different, is a gift mm-hmm. and not something else? And how does that shift start to happen? Because whether it's learning difficulties or a different color of their skin or a different situation, like we are all different. So I, I just, I'm so fascinated to hear what you've learned in that, in that space. Um, well, I mean, I think for, for me, it, um, perception, perception is everything and, um, our, you know, our perspective, perspective is everything and, um, how we, view things. Um, this year we've doing a focus on mental health. Um, because, um, you know, a lot of the people that we typically are speaking to tend to be moms, special needs moms, 
um, are calling in. And so I'm connecting with them on a regular basis and they all across the board on some level or another seem to struggle in the area of uh, mental health, depression, anxiety, um, bitterness, and anger, you know, um, burnout. Yeah. All of these things. And, and I can relate to all of them. And I, you know, and I tell them that this minute, this ministry in my part on my side does not come from a place of perfection. I, I have, you know, like when people, you think about people and they write these great books and they do all these things, it's like they've, they've learned this great lesson and here's how to do it all right because we did it. And that's not not where I am. I am not there. (laughs) And, um, you know, even when God was moving on me particularly to start a ministry with my husband, Tab, you know, was listening to the Lord months, months, even years before that. I think God wants us to start our own ministry. I was like, no, no, he does not. (laughs) No. Because I I was not ready to do that and I would not listen or nor entertain the idea of it. Um, And so, you know, the Lord had to work on me a great deal until I was in a place um, to be open, to be used like that, because I felt like my tank was empty. Um, I felt like I was too stressed out and I don't have enough time, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, one thing that God has been teaching, currently is teaching me right now, is, um, you know, my perspective. Because when you're in the midst of it, and all you see and all you focus on is the difficulty, then your perspective, it, it affects your perspective. And so when I focus on how hard it is, when I focus on, um, you know, the challenges, when I focus on all of the negative aspects, right. That anybody really has (laughs) at any time in their life, then it, it changes my perspective. And I, in those moments, then I'm more depressed and I'm more anxious because I'm not looking at the grace of God. I'm not looking at the goodness of God. I'm not looking at the beautiful things he's done through Noah. I'm not seeing any of those things because my perspective is 100% on that hardship and on the difficulty. And, and that's, that's where it has to change because, you know, I was looking at, um, the, um, prayer, you know, and, um, one of the pieces or components of prayer is thankfulness. And I realized that I lived in petition. I was in petition mode all the time. God, you need to intervene. God, you need, <laughs> you need to meet this need. God, you need to alleviate my stress. God, you need to this. God, you need to that. I was perpetually living in in petition. You know, yeah. I need help. I need God. I need this. I need this, that, the other. And I was not remotely in the other aspect of prayer, which is thankfulness. I was not... Yeah. Um, my perception and my perspective was totally off and God revealed that to me. And that's just in the last few months as we've been working on this mental health thing and that, you know, I mean, that's a long way around to answer your question, but that's how I realized that, you know, I'm so focused on the negative aspects or the hard aspects of life that I don't see the beauty of how God has used our son to impact so many lives. I mean, he, he is a ministry and he 
doesn't even know it. <laughs> and, you know, and he's a beautiful, happy, smiling boy. And if I'm always focusing on the difficult parts and I miss on all the awesome parts and, and how he awesome he is and how God uses him and continues to use him, um, all the ways that he's impacted lives in all the places that we've been. And he does. I mean, he has this ability to, to touch people. Um, and it's amazing. And, you know, I can't see it because I'm always focusing on the harder, harder parts. So I'm going to throw it back over to Tab, but there's a few things in here that I love. So I'm gleaning that it's a choice, no matter where you are and what your circumstances, you get a choice to use it as a prison or use it as a catapult forward in your journey. And um, I love that your own presence and your own openness and willingness to see that in yourself and how that's going to impact others. So to see the beauty in your situation. I also hear in, in your testimony how interesting and challenging it must be, no matter like this these circumstances, but just in general, because there's a, an underlying comparison game happening. Like you have a perspective for a reason. You're comparing what you are going through to what other people are perceivably going through. And that can be taken in any context because it's still just perception of what they're going through. It's not even their reality. So I think we cause our own um, purgatory because, and, and that's what the whole presence as a parent comes in, because whether it's, should I feed my toddler this, or should I wean them off of this? Like we do this as parents, regardless, is we live in this place of comparison instead of really just honing in on our intuition that we were given and how that could benefit our family. So I think it's so beautiful to watch the orchestration of how you guys are being put into service. Um, and like you guys said, like Noah's a ministry and doesn't even know it. Like we're all kind of pawns, like, right. Like touching families with this podcast, you guys through your ministry work. It's, it's, it's really cool to see. That's, that's awesome. Um, okay. Tab over to you. <laughs> no, I would, you know, you, you begin by asking like, those parents that might, you know, future moms have it's pregnant and maybe found out that the child there's a certain percentage the child might be special needs and and, and first of all you, you need to be honest you need to own that you know that's real mm-hmm. um, and you know I, I'm not at this moment but I could uh, discuss why I believe there's in the Lord and why I believe that God is real and um, but I, I would say this. Um, you know, when you get to a point that you have to be honest with yourself and say, if I do believe in a creator and I'm not the creator, there's someone greater than me and greater than mankind that created me for it, not just a purpose or a will, but a detailed will for my life. And if he is all loving and all wise and all, and he could, he can make Noah non autistic in a moment. Yet in his wisdom, he chooses not to. Then it has to be, and it's a choice. I have to choose to see it as for my good. Mm-hmm. And and I have to say, okay, how do I have enough faith in the character of God to trust him with that plan? And if that's true today, that I'm going to, let's move forward. And let's see, because God didn't see my son as a mistake. He didn't see my son as anything but perfect. Of right? And so I need to begin to start seeing him the way God said. And I, and I would and I would challenge people to this. It's nothing supernatural to see my son's disability. That's very natural. If you ran into us in the story, said, 
That one's got to be Noah. That one's got to be Titus, right? It wouldn't be difficult to figure that out. The supernatural part comes when you see the natural disability and then you're allowed to see something past that, to see something unique. And that uniqueness is the image of God that he's reflecting that God created him in. And it's enticing. And and God has used that to change my heart. And I had to die to a lot of things. And we can go off that and down that alley if you want to. Things I had to die to, not just to say, okay, but say, Okay, God, all my expectations of dad are not going to happen. I watched toddlers pass my son. He's 17. Um, and not only that, I, that's true, but I'm okay with your plan. It wasn't my plan. I didn't sign up for this plan. But you believe in life. You're the one that gives life. And I would encourage those moms or whoever that may be struggling with that decision, choose life. And you're going to listen. You're going you're gonna to fight school systems and insurance companies, and you're going to fight, and you're going to find out that you're tougher than you think you are but through the power of God. Because uh, when you have a strong enough love, you'll fight. You know, Here's a Tim Tebow quote I, I believe in. If the love is strong enough, there's no sacrifice too great. And, uh, you know, it, you know, and you'll learn that, you know, no sacrifice, no willing embarrassment, putting yourself out there is not – too costly because your love is strong. And how do you learn that? God taught me that through my son. And he'll teach you about how his goodness, his faithfulness, and how big he is. Um, so please, I would just encourage you to, to choose life. Um, and don't listen to anybody else that would, you know, tell you anything. I'm not trying to be judgmental, but choose life. There you go. Wow. That was, I felt that in like my whole soul. That was so beautiful. I know everybody, female, male, we all have these like personifications of what our gender roles are supposed to be. And I believe that the path through life is to really come into wholeness within yourself as who you're supposed to be as a whole person. And what I felt as you talked about that is like how these images of masculinity and these images of like what this perfect family should be like will, will die within anyone as they will with any kid, whether you're a football player and your kid decides not to go to Georgia or whatever that is, right? Like, <laughs> which might happen. I'm just kidding. Long you as know, you didn't happen. go to Florida, <laughs> man. I actually know Tim Tebow from college. He was such a sweet, amazing, well, obviously he was a kid then, now he's a band, but uh, endorsement. Um, Tab, that was like, that was beautiful. I, wow. The conviction, the love that comes from your, your testimony, you guys, I'm so happy to see the work you're doing. And I also keep going back to, it just reminds me of like, I'm like a good blend between like a spiritual path of faith and like the science. I love both. And it's like, we, we use such a limited piece uh, or component of our intelligence, right? Like it's scientifically been proven that we are not using the full capacity of our brain. So in this one era of life, it's perceived that people who are, on, I, have a, uh, I have a cousin who's on the spectrum and he is a savant. The kid taught himself Mandarin. I mean, it's like insane the different things that they can do. And even I've, um, I've had the pleasure of being really close friends with someone who's very nonverbal, but just the empathy and the connection to animals. It's like, you, you can't just compare people on one spectrum. And I, I this, this is the only box, right? That's why a lot of me and a lot of our, our, our um, audience homeschools their kids. 
And they're just starting to realize like whatever box it is, like I don't want my kid in it. And it's about time we start blowing up the box, making it bigger. Uh, but I, I love that. I think you know, it just it just reminds me you have to really see with your heart and not just your two eyes because you can't just compare where you are to where others are. You have to see everyone for what they were meant to be, which is perfect and their own image. Or why would he make everybody if we're you know if we're all the same? We're not supposed to be the same. We're supposed to round each other out and, and be a community. That was really cool. Thank you for walking me through that. It was awesome. Absolutely. So, so I think that you were going to start with the next, um, the next goal of your ministry, which is to help support churches um, with families on this journey. So I'll let you, I'll let you go back on your path now that I've done my, my squirrel. <laughs> um, I guess, well, I can start us off, I guess. I think um, when when God was calling us to start this ministry, um, you know, I'm more of a image person and, um, the ministry kind of birthed out of where we struggled the most, mm -hmm. I would say. And so, you know, when I, when I, as a special needs parent, I often felt like I was drowning and um, you know, comparatively with a lot of other, that's a, a good image and a lot of parents can relate to that. And, you know, I would be out and I would be drowning and, you know, my Christian friends would be walking on the beach, right. And they could see me and they could see that I'm drowning. And I feel like, you know, they would say, you know, I'm going to pray for you. Mm. You, know, you know, that's, that's great. And I believe in the power of prayer. Absolutely. And then they walk on their way. And if somebody was really dedicated, they might get on their knees and they might pray for me, you know, continually. And that's great too. But what I really needed was somebody to like swim that. out and the yes. death, deep in and save me because that's what I needed. And I felt like there was that gap between where we were um, yeah. and where the body of Christ, generally speaking, right? Not every individual, not every church, obviously, but as a whole, Whole, there is there is a a gap there and maybe i mean not even just with you know special needs you know we get locked into our own lives in our own bubbles and you know we throw out we're going to pray for you and and people mean it true and they do it also but what a lot of people really need is is help <laughs> but there is yeah they need help with that prayer um yeah. they need intervention you know same with people with you know, mental health struggles. I mean, there's just a lot of gaps that, you know, um, and we're just hoping that through this ministry, we can help the church, the body of Christ to see that there is a, a gap and, you know, the cross is the gap, <laughs> bridge is the gap. So we as the body of Christ need to be doing that. So. And it makes me feel like they earnestly don't know how to help. Yes, that is a fact. That is a fact. Like, um, I just got back Tuesday night. Uh, I spent a week uh, in in Georgia and Mississippi talking to churches, and it's amazing. Some churches do not even have a clue. They they love the Great Commission that go make disciples of all nations. They know all nations means all people groups. There that fires them up. But the, it's a blind spot it's about the practical steps, how to eat the elephant, right? And, and, and so that's kind of what we try to do is step in. Where are we? Because they're not all in the same place. 
you know, where are we when it comes to this? And then also help them to say, okay, we're here. Let's own that. We want to end here. And here are the steps to get us there. And help have a little accountability about, hey, we're here. We're going to get here. And then we're going to get here and those kind of things. So we, we kind of just have come up with when it comes to safety and it comes to discipleship and training volunteers. We just kind of try to help the church. Uh, we have a little prayer guide that we send out because any ministry should be founded. The foundation should be over prayer. We also kind of help the, the church come up with a strategy for the family. And we learned this awesome. through failures of our own family. They awesome. need to have a strategy, for, obviously, for the special needs it, individual, but also if there's a sibling to go along with it. Also, if there's a single parent mom. No. I, would, I would say in, in my experience, inside the people group, there's the two components that are probably most neglected is the sibling and it's the single parent mom. And they really need intentionality. And, you know, it's not, now the safety issue is, is maybe a little bit rocket science and we have to be very careful with that. But the rest of it is not rocket science. It is how to equip, how to meet them where where they're at, equip them. And here's the coolest thing. The tip of the spear for the church is when you, just like any other people group that come in your church, when you can get them to a point that they're being discipled, they're being loved on, and now they're serving. To the best of their ability, they're doing something to reflect the image of God to people that come in that church. That is one of the coolest things to see. When you can go to a church that, not just allows, but pursues that and allows that and has that kind of culture. The experience in worship is another level from mm-hmm. singing to everything. I mean, you know, you, you, when you have a person who has a disability on the welcome team, that's another level and it didn't go on and on and on. And, uh, and then, I mean, God doesn't waste anything. And, you know, you start getting young people help ministering and being part of the buddy system in church and, and these kind of things. Cause a small percentage of those young people that do that will one day have a special needs child or have a special needs nephew or something. And God will already begin to help them think outside of their little world and think about a, another people group that they can love on. And speak. I mean, it's, um, so we just try to help the church uh, come up with a plan to make disciples and have a plan for the whole family. And, uh, and, you know, and to be honest with you, a little, we're, we're having a lot of fun doing it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, doing, and, it, and here's another thing. Um, and then I'm going to stop. Okay. My what? wife's looking at me. It's so good. Um, it helps you us. Him on the shoulders. <laughs> Just kidding. It, it, help, it helps us when we can help others. It helps us digest our cross, our daily cross when we can help others of course right um and of course the purpose of a cross is to die so you know you know not to keep the cross forever is to die emotionally mm-hmm. to that and those kind of things so it's it kind of is fun for us and, and those kind of things That's awesome. my wife my wife's supposed to look at me so yeah. i'm gonna hush i'm not gonna look at him at all <laughs> You guys are so awesome. So cute. I love your dynamic. You work so well. It's um, it's so motivating. It's awesome. I love it. And it, it, it comes full circle to how we started, which is um, you choose gratitude. And it's incredible sure. that regardless of creed, culture, color, whatever, shape, whatever, we all have the capacity to love. And 
when you are loved, like I, I talk about it quite a bit on this podcast, but there's a book I read to Shekinah when she was a kid. And it was one of the first books that was read to her when she was four. And now it's um, in Gabriel's hands. And it's, um, it's called How Full Is Your Bucket? And it's basically like when your bucket is full, it's an adult book, but they have a kid version. It's perfect. It's got visuals. I highly recommend it. But when your bucket is full, when someone loves on you and compliments you and spends time with you, gives you a hug, tell you they, they're caring about you, listens to you, takes a spoon next to you when you're hitting on something with a spoon and shows they see where you are, you're at, it fills their bucket. And when your bucket's full, you are more receptive to filling other people's buckets. But the caveat here is as you go to fill someone's bucket, your bucket also gets full, right? So it's that, you know, servant leadership service and we were meant to do it, right? It's, it's when we're our best. Um, and you have to die to yourself to understand that. You have to see yourself become the nightmare in order to understand what the dream looks like. Um, and it's really fun to watch it play out in children, communities uh, of, of all kinds. So but beautifully said, you, um, you both speak with so much compassion and you can really feel the difference that you guys are making. So I'd love to learn of some stories um, of... I know you shared one earlier, but some of the families that you guys have helped, maybe some lessons that you've learned. I love to hear about uh, maybe Titus and Noah's involvement and maybe how you've seen them flourish through this process, whatever speaks to you guys. Um, stories. Um, well, I, you know, and I was asked this a few weeks ago at a church. Um, what, and, and basically the question was asked to me, how have I seen the God use uh, Noah to impact, you know, life. and I said, well, the main one I've seen is my life and, uh, in my life, my, my family's life. Um, a, we go from having these expectations, having the doubt of those expectations, having to be okay with God's better plan going from, Hey, that's all great, but I'm just trying to keep the water out of the boat in our own house. I, I don't have the energy to look outside my house to the fact that, hey, we want to look outside our house. There's other people like us that need a little hope because, you know, with hope, you could walk through a wall, but without it, you're not going to get off the couch. And um, and so, I mean, um, one of the, I mean, did, so anyway, Candace was a champ from day one. And I remember, I, so back up a little bit. So when I was pastor church back in Georgia and Noah was, I don't know, he was like three or something. And, uh, he was having these problems and we were taking the therapist. He had an occupational therapist and we, and we also had his hearing checked and all this stuff. We had tubes put in his ears. So, okay. We're going to catch up. And, and then he had an occupational therapist and named Amy and Amy said, you know, I work with some kids who are autistic. I think you ought to get Noah checked. And, you know, I was like, okay. And so we went through the process, figuring out where to go, how did that work and all this kind of stuff. We had Noah check. And so I always will remember, um, it was a Wednesday. It was about lunchtime. I was going to have a sermon that night. I was already prepared for it. And I get a phone call from the doctor's office and they said, Mr. Howell, just let you know, Noah's test results are back and he's autistic. And I don't even know if I could pronounce the word autistic, you know? And, um, and I really didn't know anything a lot about it, but, um, so I just got in my car and I drove somewhere and I had a really honest conversation with God. And I told him it was unfair and it was it was all these things. And God just kind of spoke to my heart and he just said, do you have enough? Because I was worried about, I said, what if it gets bullied? And what, 10 years from now, what's that going to look like? And God just said, hey, 
forget 10 years. He just spoke to my conscience. He said, don't worry about 10 years or six months from now. Do you have enough faith in my character to trust me with no way? And, uh, and I did. And God pulled me out of that emotional hole. But that was day one of my learning curve. That God is so much greater and bigger than I ever thought it was. And God's plan is so much better. But I have to die to my expectation. Dying hurts. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing. It just hurts. It hurts to watch toddlers do more than your kid can do. It hurts to watch uh, uh, people pity your son. Because God, God didn't, God didn't pity any of us. Uh, and no, especially his ministry is not a pity ministry. And uh, it, it needed help like everybody else does. But uh, it's just, it all that kind of stuff and the embarrassment of it, and you have to die. And there's so many layers in that onion you have to die to and uh and god get he walks with you shoulder to shoulder and he gets you to the point because he wants you to end where you say i will be a mouthpiece i will start i will we will do this and we'll help other families and we'll help the local church and wow. and noah will inspire all this stuff i mean to me that is amazing i mean i can share other stories but to me that is the foundation of the the example of the Holy Spirit working. He took something that we thought was bad and terrible and unfair. I remember I told God that this is unfair. And God turned it into something beautiful. And uh and we're 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 helping other people. And uh so um you asked we got Noah and Titus relationship. You know, Titus, all Titus has ever known is Noah, you know, his whole life. And uh uh he loves his brother. I can tell you a story. I probably couldn't tell. There's a really cool story about Titus taking up for his brother. Um, but he loves his brother. Um, he would, we couldn't have Noah probably without Titus. I mean, I don't know um, how to tell you. Any, and I've seen Titus um, sometimes correctly, diplomatically, sometimes physically. Titus is a wrestler, uh, defend other special needs kids. Wow. Um, which I'm good either way. Um, and so, uh, so good. you know, I, I, and you know, who knows? And I, and so and Titus goes on Wednesday nights at church and they have adult special needs service and to watch him talk to them and engage with them and kind of just bond, connect with them and those kind of things. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and another thing I would say, and I'm just kind of rambling, I'll stop and say it, but, um, you know, I spoke at a church a few weeks ago and, uh, just to have special needs families come down crying and, uh, and be able to say, I know your son. Like there was one family that came down and we know their son. They knew we knew their son and they were struggling because he's getting to the age of trying to figure out, could he ever live on his own? Could he ever keep a job? Could he ever, these kind of things. Right. And, uh, and I just said, I just want you to know, I know those are real things and we have to pray about it. And, and let's meet, let's see what Noah's ministry can do to help. But I just want you to know that your son brings me joy. Mm-hmm. Just, I watch him on Wednesday nights and just watch him interact and brings me joy. And I'm going to be honest with you, I have a special needs child and I have a non-special needs child. And I don't know if anybody could ever tell me anything that would mean more to me as a parent for either one of them. And they said, hey, I watch your kid and they bring me joy. Just them being them brings me joy. And so uh, just just be able, and all that's birthed out of Noah. 
I mean, obviously God's behind it, but he, that's the tool, the vessel he used for to change my heart and uh, to start impacting other people and birth of, began to ministry right in the middle of the pandemic. We started this right in the middle of a pandemic. Because you know what? Go figure. God's bigger than a pandemic. How about that? And it was needed. I'd like to share a story with you guys if you're sure. open to it. Um, are do you guys know? If not, I'm sure. I'm sure your kids know. Um, do you know who uh, Jimmy Darts is? Okay, so Jimmy Darts is a, um, a viral YouTuber, and he is most known for going to Walmart with this camera strapped to his chest, and he'll walk up to people and he'll um, give them like an ultimatum, like you can take this suitcase with five thousand dollars or two thousand dollars, or you can give it away to somebody in the store. Uh, and go bless somebody. And he'll, he does things like that to challenge like social experiments, but always out of like the heart and blessing. And, um, you know, the people who end up giving and choosing to be selfless, he always, they, they're always blessed with like a, another suitcase miraculously appears with like $10,000. Right. And, you know, they just gave it to this single mom. They saw strapper for strollers and it's just so cool to watch. So I was at a conference a few weeks ago and he was the first keynote speaker. Um, he has a very, very strong religious faith. And I want to share this both with you because um, I think it's I think it's going to hit. Uh, like I want you to see the impact you're making on your children. So um, he, I have a parenting podcast. So after uh, the speech, which was great, he basically said how he had given up. He had died on his cross. He went um, very religious. Uh, went to a hike. And he sat down on a mountain and just told God, like, I'm done. I'm going to stop this whole YouTube thing. He had been doing good deeds for like four or five or six years before anything caught. But he always felt like he was not in alignment with God's plan for him. And he finally just didn't know what to do anymore. So he gave up and he went and he sat on the, you know, sat on the mountain and he's like, I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. And um, he heard a voice at that very moment. And, his, and the voice was the instruction. Okay, now you can go do it. And he's like, no, I just told you I'm done. Like I'm not doing this anymore. And then, you know, he heard God say, well, go do it. Now it's your time to do it. And he was like, well, that's confusing. Um, so he didn't know what to do. And his dad and his mom are very close to them. So the next morning he goes and his dad can tell he's perplexed. And his dad said, well, Jimmy, what are you doing? You're like 24, 25. You know, you're, you're here at home with us. Like what's going on? What would you do if you want to, if you couldn't do anything you wanted to impact the world? And Jimmy's like, and you guys can go look him up. Jimmy darts. He's beautiful, beautiful soul. Um, his brand is called kindness is candy. So check him out. Uh, it's awesome. I think your son's probably who he is. Um, but he's like, I would go bless people. I don't know how I would get the money, but I would just go out in the world and bless people. And his dad's like, then go do it, Jimmy, go do it. So he shared that story with us at the, at the conference. And then after, because I had the podcast, I went and chatted with him a little bit. And he's like, if my dad hadn't said that to me that day, there's no way I would be who I am today. And when you start to see the impact this kid makes on people's lives, he'll go into Miami and he'll find the roughest looking dude and he'll go buy him lunch and buy him breakfast and walk around with him for the day and go get him roller skates. And it's so cool to watch. And he said, no way I would become that person if it wasn't for my father saying, then go do it. And so what that makes me feel in my own parenting and what I see in you guys is how many parents are that dad, are that mom to see their children where they're at and help challenge them to become the vision of their true purpose, who they're supposed to be. And I feel like you guys just going through this journey is going to not only do that for both of your children, it already has, but for the several people that you are, you know, impacting. So 
this has been one of my absolute favorites podcasts because you guys are just, your story is so beautiful. And I want to look back on this in like several years and just can't wait to see the impact you guys make in the world. I just want to share that story. I thought it was um, so prevalently uh, relevant to what you guys are doing. Well, thank you. I think, I think awesome. yeah, it's awesome. And I, I totally agree. And to kind of, to, to share a small story um, that I think can relate to everybody is, you know, I had gone to a mom and I was telling her that we were going to focus on uh, mental health and talk about that um, this year. And, you know, and I was mentioning, you know, anxiety and depression and, and you know, the list of things. And she, she just started crying. <laughs> She's just crying because so much. Yeah. Because I think that what it, all it really is, is that people, you know, are struggling and they just want to be seen. They just want to know that people see them mm -hmm. and that they see their struggle. And, you know, it's, it, um, helps you not to feel alone and that, you know, whether that's special needs parent or whether they're struggling with, you know, anybody struggling in, in any way, um, you know, being seen is, is a value. <laughs> it saves drowning people. Hey, I see you. <laughs> let me do something about that. And so um, I think that kind of maybe summarizes it. Um, and each family that we help, sometimes they're big projects and sometimes they've been really small in comparison and not very costly, um, you know, but it's something that makes their lives a little easier um, so that they are not so stressed or overburdened or worried or afraid or anxious or fearful whatever the case may be so it gives them a little hope yeah yeah and sadly it's probably the first time in a long time that someone has done something just for them and it starts to re you know repurpose their faith in humanity right that faith that we are there are people out there who care about me and how can you show up your best for somebody if you don't feel that right and you're not allowing yourself to have that space so i have a question for candace um and it's amazing how quickly you see this. So I have a three-year-old now. And what I love about children is when you look at the world through a child's eyes, everything's in God's image. It's not until that child goes through some conditioning where they start to notice there's something different here. I should look at this differently. And I watch my own children, my nieces and nephews, as I've just seen kids grow up how that reaction starts to change. And it could be anything. It could be like someone with an affliction, someone on the side of the road, right? But there's something in them that they, it's like a switch that goes off where now they look at them differently. Whereas when they were kids, it's all just people are people and we love people. And it's crazy as an adult. And I, and I know I'm very perceptive to this and it could, cause that kind of stuff bothers me. Um, my question to you, Candace, is, I know I watch people look at any type of special needs family and they don't know what to do, similar to what you said with the raft. So they look away or they don't, they don't know, like, um, I think, uh, I think Tap said it earlier with like pity. They don't know how to respond. So I want to ask you, what is a better way? What is a better way for someone versus seeing somebody and just smiling as you would any other person just say hello, but they look down or they don't know how to deal with it in themselves. So they choose to disengage and it breaks my heart and it actually makes me really mad because I'm Italian and that's how I react to things. Um, 
But what is a better way for people? Get, get, like share your heart here because I think this has just been the most incredible podcast. I'd really love to know your answer to that. Uh, I mean, that that one's a, a struggle <laughs> for me. And I can honestly tell you that my responses are not always uh, biblical and sometimes 100% in the flesh. But um, what I have been what I tell my friends or my family or people that I'm talking to that, you know, don't currently have um, or know anybody or don't have a personal relationship with somebody with special needs. I think that parents take for granted that their children know better. Right. And, and, and maybe church folks more than anybody. (laughs) Right. My kid knows how to treat people. My kid knows, Mm -hmm. right. We're, good people. We grew up in the church. We know how to treat people, but, um, that is, you know, not the case. And I can even think of a perfect example when, um, we used to do mission trips and we took our whole family. We took Noah on the mission trip as well. Um, we, a church hosted us, um, and the pastor's uh, son was sitting across from us when we were eating. And my son, Noah is a very vocal eater. And he's just, I mean, he's just making just loud noise, doing all these things. And this kid and his buddy are cracking up and mocking him and laughing their rear ends off. And so, you know, I get real fired up about things like that. And, you know, uh, I was trying to be really self-contained and controlled. (laughs) And I was like, is there a problem here? You know, and like, because normally being, you know, mom, (laughs) using the mom voice, even if it's not your kid resolves the issue. And they just kept doing it. Oh, I was about to lose it. Mm. And um, so I went and spoke to the dad and said, your son is openly mocking my son and you need to go and handle this or I will. And he did. And he was very, I mean, he was embarrassed, right? And, um, you know, about about it. And, and the friend was a special needs, the friend that was openly mocking with him, his sister has a disability and the, her, his mom was, they were all shocked. Like what our kids are doing this, you know? And I just say, you can't, you have to, again, go back to intentionality. You have to be intentional about teaching your children how to treat people. You cannot take for granted that they know because they don't, they don't know how to treat people. And, and every opportunity is a learning opportunity. And, you know, you, you, while they're young, you should be asking, hey, you know, do your, um, what kind of kids are in your class? Because normally they're integrated on some level, even, you know, more severe ones like Noah, or he's going to PE, he's going to music, he's going to art class, he's interacting with the other kids. And, you know, you have to look for opportunities to teach and even go online and get videos. I mean, there's like, uh, Pixar did a couple with Disney that talk that are specifically about, uh, you know, um, oh. autism. I mean, there's, lots of things that are out there that you can utilize to help teach your kid even when they're young about how you treat people that are are different than you and and how to love them and how to be respectful and how to um you know it you don't want me to teach your kid when they're 15 because i will i I will not be kind you that's your job as the parent and and we just can't take for granted that it happens. It doesn't magically happen. Our kids do not magically treat people good. Well, I think it's like anything else. You you, you need to model it in front of them. Okay. 
you need to put them in, in you need to put them in environments you need to be intentional and model it like you know you go help hey hey you bring your kids and say hey this saturday we're going to go help with special olympics or whatever the case may be or at church we're going to go help the buddy ministry and those kind of and, and if you're talking about like hey i do know a co-worker i do i, I know somebody who has a special needs parent then I, I this is what i say to churches too go ahead and ask them say hey what's one or two things you wish others knew about your family dynamic Love and how and how you know and, and how to give a little you know there's a lady at our church that came up with this saying which is really powerful an hour to shower and what does that really mean you give them just a little bit of hope you're not by yourself you're noticed you're valuable and because john three sixteen, what it tells me therefore i need to go be a john three sixteen christian and i'm gonna give you a little hope i'm, I'm gonna give you an hour or two to st- step in and just say hey i see you you know and uh, I think you model that to your kids and uh, it changes. It's, it's no different because we're talking about a sin issue. And, and ultimately, this is me being selfish and I'm uncomfortable because it doesn't fit my little comfort box, right? It's no different than how do you teach them to deal, recognize and deal with racism or whatever. Yep. You model it. You know, how do you, how do you raise kids that want to share the gospel? They grow up in that environment and they saw your parents doing that when they're out. You know, it's just modeling is i mean god knew what he was doing when he talked about you know about to go and teach and proclaim and titus 2 you know older men older ladies uh invest in younger men and young ladies and disciple our kids and those kind of things but i would encourage your listeners a to write down who do i know uh in that world and and be bold enough have enough conviction to say i'm gonna go and i'm gonna ask them this question Hey, what's one thing you wish somebody knew about your family? Because I see you, but I'd like to see it in a deeper level. And I think it, you might be surprised. And churches should be leading that. What, what's one thing you would want? That's one thing I was just meeting with a church. Hey, they had like, this church of like 2,000 on average on Sunday morning. And they had like three or four special needs families that regularly come and these kind of, I said, man, I would go to my special needs family and say, tell me two or three things you wish the church knew about your family. And you might be surprised. And then and then get back with me and we'll go from there. On how you can show up and serve them and, and yeah. see where they're at. Yeah, whether it's something as simple as, you know, giving them a break so they can have an hour to shower because they don't have time to do that, which yeah. some of them are struggling that much that they don't. Yeah. I mean, it. Um, you just have to be intentional about creating opportunities to teach your kids how to treat people. Yeah. What came to my heart as I was listening to that, and it's no different than, uh, I think you mentioned it, Tab, like any type of, any type of um, prejudices, any type, it, it has to do with, and sometimes it's taught hard to hear, but it's a mirror. It's a mirror of where you're at. And and you might not have that same exact um, uh, mental paradigm, but if you're not actively showing them something else, right? And kids go through it. And like you mentioned, Candace, the kid who had a special needs sister. And to me, what that shows me is that poor kid is probably trying to integrate his own feelings. He's probably trying to make sense of it. He doesn't maybe have the support system that you've provided Titus to where he has the opportunity to work through those, um, work through those emotions. So he's trying to be normal and he's comparing himself to his buddy and he feels ridicule already. So he can't go against the grain. Right. And it's like, in a way, this is like, 
in the only way. It's such a beautiful gift. I feel like this is such a litmus test of where we are in humanity, like how we can show up and understand each other and love on each other and, and, and really feel each other's perspectives. There's a South African term that I really love. Um, I keep saying South Africa and I'm pretty sure it's North Africa. I need to relook at this book, but it's it, the, the term is called Ubuntu and it's this beautiful non-English concept, which I just love because English is such a linear language. And so my husband's Pacific Islander, right? And so I, my son knows and my daughter knows a little Samoan. So I know like a very little about a Samoan, but I'm, you know, I make the effort. Uh, <laughs> I know three songs, um, but it's just like other cultures have this beautiful way of their language to just mean more because it's not limited to like this linear type of language. Anyway, this Ubuntu term, I just, I love it because it means I see you, but in seeing you, I understand myself better. I understand what I am. I understand what I'm not. I understand what we are together and what we can build a community. It's, it's really like an integrative word. It's very cool. And I just, that concept to me is so, it's so foreign in our culture. And I think it's, you know, what creates such incredible cultures, um, senses of community and other culture that we are growing too. And I think churches are a beautiful place for you guys to start this, um, this movement. And because as, as those grow and, and they're able to help and love on people, how that's going to affect and spread, it's going to be awesome to watch. So thank you for, thank you for that answer. That was beautiful. Thank you. As we wrap, um, I guess I'd love to hear what's, um, what are you guys working on currently? And then if our parents uh, and our families would like to connect with you, if um, I know we have a lot of people here who are active in their church, if they want to reach out to you, um, how do they interact with you guys? And then please weave in um, my favorite final question, which is if you could give parents one tip for them to show up uh, in their lives um, differently tomorrow to just be 1% better. And it can be in any facet of their own personal life, their own mental health, um, or their, for their children, uh, what would that be? So you want to take the one that we're working on, talk about it. Um... um... We uh, recently were um, given an opportunity <laughs> to um, work with uh, through a ministry, another ministry um, through our church, um, where they are um, they have a ministry where they're teaching and educating in Vietnam, oh, wow. and um, they are doing some uh, video lessons. Um, much like, I guess, a po podcast, really, um, where they can even ask questions and things like that and um, uh, about special education. And so um, they asked if we would be interested in in doing one of those lessons. So uh, we're going to be doing that. That's coming up this summer. Um, and we're going to be uh, our focus <laughs> as we were thinking about, well, really, what would, what would we talk about? <laughs> so um, and we're just going to be really focusing on value, value and perspective um, there, because I think that, you know, again, we, uh, and I can see how, you know, I, we've had good special ed teachers, we've had not as good special ed teachers, we've had a spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, some people see Noah as a problem, right? Um, he's a problem, he's a challenge, he's a struggle. Um, and I can only imagine, you know, as um, special needs children were really, you know, no child left behind and they were becoming more integrated in the regular classroom. And that teacher would be like, what? I don't know. I don't know how to do this. This is this is hard. And, um, you know, again, it's about perspective and and 
and value and how much value that individual has, how much value that the parents have that are it's taken for granted. Um, you know, so we're going to be kind of talking about uh, a lot about that in our experiences with, you know, IEPs and special education and, um, you know, the teachers that have had the most impact on Noah's life are the ones that valued him. Right. And the ones that value our input because there's nobody that knows our son better than us. So you can think of an, your education plan as much as you want, but you don't know my kid like I do. And if you're not, if you're not valuing what I what tell not. you about how he best learns and how he, you know, then you're missing out on an opportunity to help him grow. And, um, you know, suppose so we're going to be talking about that. Um, that's awesome. I mean, we're continuing <laughs> through, um, the mental health throughout the year. That one, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm heading, <laughs> I'm heading up and you know, it, it's, um, I'm excited about, you know, what's to come. I have to set time aside and try to, you know, tackle videos and do things, um, you know, and it really comes out of my own personal experiences and struggles um, because it comes from where I am, <laughs> not where I'd like to be because <laughs> I'm not there yet. And uh, so we're doing that. And, you know, as far as other projects that come, you know, it really depends on each uh who the Lord brings to us. I mean, because families will reach out to us and whatever we do is, is catered specifically to them because yeah. it's more about asking questions about where you are and what you need. And then how can we help you in that need? So it's, it's very different for each family. Um, yeah. And, you know, the most recent family that I worked with, it was more about resources. Um, we did research and resources for, um, you know, things that they were looking for in the community. Um, apps to help their kid. I mean, it this just varies. And you would, you think that, uh, you know, we take for granted that we have time to do things, but when you're in survival mode and your kid takes a lot of your time, you don't, can't sit down and do, you know, Google searches for two hours to try to find something that works for your kid. Right. Um, because it right. can be a challenge to do that. So, I mean, it, uh, it's different for every family that we've helped really. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then also you, um, if anybody, actually I'd encourage, um, everybody, if I could, uh, to go to our website, noahsministry.com and on there you'll find kind of the heart, the foundation, the mission statement, and also different videos for me. My wife, my wife is very gifted at doing videos. She's laughing, but she's very gifted at those. Um, she has a very high skill set of connecting with people. Um, and matter of fact, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, Titus has a video talking to siblings on there awesome. and he did, he did it two or three years ago on there. Um, and so I just, A, I encourage you to go in there, check it out, kind of kick the tires. You probably know somebody in the special needs world that you can be able to communicate better with them. If you check out the website yourself and then, you know, invite them to come check it out. And then also churches, matter of fact, this, I, I just got home the other night. And I'm going back to work with a church Labor Day weekend, and we're going to have a special needs service. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's kind of real quick. We're trying to make it more special needs friendly, so we're going to invite people. We have some friends that uh, work as a therapist in the area. Going to try to get them to help us invite special needs families to come to this service. We're going to try to have a, a, what I call a buddy choir, which is like a unified team kind of. You know, you, you take uh, someone who no, and we have little songs and they hook them up with other people in the choir and they just kind of sing these, these children, Christ, uh, Christian songs and those kind of things. And I just want you to know that, um, 
if you've never had the experience of listening to special needs guys and girls sing songs, the Bible songs that they know, I hope heaven sounds a little bit like that when I get there, because it's another level. And uh, just trying to say, hey, we see you, you're valuable, because John 3.16 tells us how valuable you are to you. So, and, and also you asked, like, I think you worded it something like, you know, what's one piece of advice I would give? I would say twofold. One is, it is not only not selfish, it is wise to consistently pull time away for yourself. Mm. You know, I think you need to invest in your marriage. You need to invest in your relationship with the Lord. You need to invest in you, time with you. You need to, you know, uh, work out. Whatever your hobby is, go do it. Have fun. Recharge. Whatever recharges your batteries. Make sure you're not selfish. Listen, I know you're trying to keep the water of the boat. The water will still be there when you get back. And uh, it'll need to get out later, too. So don't worry about that. And recharge. And uh, and go hang out and have fun with your other kids, too. Me and Titus take man's trips. And sometimes they're big trips. And sometimes they're not so big trips. But we just connect in a deeper level and those kind of things. So I would just encourage you to... Uh, Take time for yourself. Take time for your spirit, your walk with the Lord and uh, with others in your family as well. Um, and, and, you know, three questions John MacArthur always said, excuse me, John Maxwell always says to ask uh, to kind of help connect and understand somebody. Ask them, what do you cry about? What kind of breaks your heart? Ask them, what do you sing about? You know, what gets you fired up, excited? What do you love? You know, those kind of things. And, and you'll see a lot of their answers are kind of the same thing, you know what they cry about, what they sing about, and then what do you dream about? And, man, if you'll take those three questions and if they'll be honest with you to a special needs family, man, you'll you'll reward them by letting them speak, and you'll have a better understanding of what their life is. So that would be kind of my little bit I would give. What about you? Um, I mean, for me, I think it's just challenging to um, to practice thankfulness. That's just where I am right now. So, um, you know, whatever the struggle is, wherever you are, whatever's going on, um, you know, when it's overwhelming, uh, or when you feel like you're drowning or whatever the case may be, uh, things aren't going your way and you're not happy. Um, that, that is not it. All right. I mean, it's, it, it takes so much of our, that moment, that struggle, you know, you're drowning in it and that's all you see. And you're missing everything else and there's there is so much to be thankful for mm -hmm. and um that that alone you know helps me in those moments so that i, I um i can see you know above the water <laughs> guys i love you i love you both and i've never met you before um i do want to say a shout out to kevin because it was actually a community member that uh introduced me to uh, tab and candace um I never expected this when we started this podcast, guys. I'm, I was just a mom trying to show up to see how we could, you know, be more present and help love on people. And what I'm learning the same thing you guys are is just by doing that and walking through my path, uh, the right people are popping up and I am becoming like, I don't know what I did to deserve to meet people like you, but I can't let that not go anywhere, right? I got to show up in the world differently now because of that information and just love people to the best of my ability. And that's what I'm hoping this does. So um, I just want to tell you, Ubuntu, uh, I love you guys. I'm so, um, so proud to watch what this is going to come from this. 
anything as we grow, anything we can do to support you, you guys call anytime. Um, I can't wait to connect you to some people in my, in my personal sphere of influence, um, but I'm here to help and support that mission in any way. I think it's incredible um, what you guys went through as a personal transformation and are going through, um, although not easy, has made you in the image that we all strive to be. And it's just beautiful to watch. So thank you for showing up for yourselves. Now I'm getting emotional because leave it to parents to get emotional and talk about their kids. Um, thank you for showing up for your families. Uh, wow. I really appreciate you guys. I will put your um, website link down below so people can check Please. you out. Um, and lastly, parents, I just want to thank you. Um, it's literally for you guys who show up every week. We're sharing our stories. We're just parents on our journey. And this is not easy stuff to talk about. Um, and so I, I commend you guys for being so brave and asking for what you're struggling with and, and reaching out to us. Um, there's an email down below. If you want to hear something or if you have something to say, uh, please hit me up. That's what we're here for, guys. Um, but I love you all. Uh, I appreciate you guys being here. And until the next perfect time, stay beautiful. And stay inspired. Bye, guys. Thank you, Thank you so much.